Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Coming up on this episode of Barbecue and Tech, how to smoke chickens for beginners and why Chris believes the spatchcock technique is for cheaters. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime and co-host, Chris Ashley. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up? Oh, my God. I think you might have just set everybody off. They're like, wait a minute. I, I spatchcock chickens all the time. I, I do. <laughs> and I was offended last night when you said it to me. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to call him out so much on the show because I was like, how... Does cutting the backbone out of a chicken just so you can lay it flat and cook it is like cheating? I, I, I don't get it, but I'll let you explain yourself as we go through the show. What's up, man? Nothing, man. I, uh, I actually had to dig in a little bit, you know, looking at, uh, some, uh, some barbecue stuff last night just to see like, you know, what, you know, what are all the different little things that you do as you're cooking and what, you know, it, you always go back to like the, what's your preferred, um, cut of meat when you're going to cook chicken like right some people like breasts some people like uh thighs can i say um, something about that real quick i've never understood people who are like only like dark meat or only like white meat I-, I love chicken in general it's still i love all barbecue for the most part and chicken is still one of my f- barbecue chicken is like i could eat that put it like this when I got in a motorcycle accident and um, I dislocated both my shoulders, I think I ate barbecue chicken every day for like two weeks because, A, I couldn't move my arms, right? My wife had to feed me. And B, I just love barbecue chicken. It's it's a happy place for me. So I'm sitting there, can't move my arms, can't stand up, can't do nothing. I'm pr- practically useless. But my wife was just, Dipping chicken and barbecue sauce and feed me, and I was like, and I was happy to do that. <laughs> Did you ever, you ever see the um, uh, the movie A Christmas Story? Oh yeah, remember? I can't remember his name. Ralphie's brother. I, I don't, I don't remember it that well. So, if you remember enough about this story, I'm sure anybody who's listening is like, oh yeah, like because she's like, eat up all your food, and he like takes his face and shoves it in his food. He's like. <laughs> As I was like, that's what you should have been doing when you were couldn't use your arm. Yeah, yeah, would have been a perfect photo. Yeah, made the best time out of a terrible time. But uh, yeah, so 
Yeah. So anyway, I, yeah. I, so you were looking up the different cuts and the different things. I, I cook it all. I love, you know, I'll never turn away one for the other. I'll, you know, when I'm trying to be super healthy, obviously I'll go for a breast. You know what I mean? But I love both cuts. All right. So, you know, I know we both agree beer can is definitely one way to go. And obviously you have to make sure you figure out how much beer to leave in the can. So it just doesn't become an absolute disaster when you're, when you're doing it. Cause that's typically what winds up happening is people leave way too much beer in the can and it bubbles yeah, over so, and kills a fire. Yeah. So when people are doing grilled chicken and barbecue chicken, especially like whole pieces or quarter pieces, um, or, you know, one of the f- biggest questions I get when people ask me about doing chicken is, have I ever done beer can chicken before? And it's like, yeah, of course I have. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I do like it. Um, I haven't done it in years because I think anybody who's starting out doing chicken is, uh, yeah, beer can chicken is, is definitely up there as a easy method to do. You can go right to Amazon and get you a beer can, uh, rack a beer can chicken rack, just type in beer can chicken. It doesn't even matter which one you get. You know, they're all pretty much exactly the same aluminum racks that are, are shaped to hold the can in the middle of it. And you essentially place that can or that center part in the, in the bottom of the chicken and it makes the chicken stand upright. And the concept is whatever liquid you have in the can steams and permeates the meat of the chicken while it's cooking. And does it work? Yeah, definitely. And you know, it definitely adds a unique flavor. Um, you know, when the first time I did it, I just did like a half a can of beer. But after that, I started, you know, taking the can of beer and then putting other like real rosemary and seasonings yeah. in there and, you know, got those to permeate. And it's an easy technique to do and a very, uh, a very worthy uh, tasty. And the cool thing about that, right, is you can do it on a smoker. You can do it on a regular grill. Heck, you can even do it in your oven if you wanted to. Um, so yeah, fan of beer can chicken and the, uh, the, the rack is kind of ingenious, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's so simple, but it just works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if you, when you try to do it without a rack, without the rack that holds the beer can and you're trying to, you're trying to put a, a beer can over top of a hot flame, your fingers feel like they're burning. You're trying to then get the chicken to sit over top of it to get it down to the flame. So things don't, it, it can be a nightmare. So the yeah. rack is worth the 10 to 14 bucks you're going to spend on one of those to, uh, to do exactly that. right. Such a low tech thing, but definitely worth the effort. All right. Before we get into this, because I definitely agree beer can as technique. What is your issue with spatchcocking a chicken? I, I really have to understand this because it's probably it's probably a, a strong you know, statement that I made yesterday when we were talking, we were chatting. I didn't sleep well last night after that. I was like, just, I my friend say. of 40 plus years <laughs> thinks less of me. <laughs> uh, no. So my thing is, all right. And this is completely arbitrary. So anybody listening to this, it was immediately annoyed with me. I apologize, but I have certain limits and feelings about, you know, stuff in the, in the barbecue process. Some stuff I'm like, okay, it makes it easy. And it's just not worth it. And other things, I'm like, okay, it's an interesting thing. So here, here's my thing around spatchcock. I think a lot of people spatchcock chickens because they don't do a good job smoking an entire chicken. And instead of practicing smoking an entire chicken or cooking an entire chicken, they just spatchcock it, which completely it makes it a lot easier. And uh, it just takes away, the to me, some of the aesthetics of the chicken. Now. I say that, do I, have I done spatchcock chickens? Yes. Did I enjoy what I made? Yes. But for me, when I spatchcock a chicken, and before we even go any further, 
for for what so people understand essentially if you take a whole chicken and you essentially cut right down the middle of the breast and then you open the chicken up so both halves are you know laying flat and then you you kind of just huh i cut cut the backbone out no you actually just cut the uh well you can do it you can do it either way, but break, most people break the wishbone in the breast. Yeah, you break, yeah. So you can, yeah, yeah. I guess most people would do it to cut the backbone out and then open it up and then press down on the breast to 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 crack it right to make sure it sits straight. You can crack it or you can cut it. And uh, to me, when I do it, I'm doing it because I'm trying to achieve some kind of aesthetic view. So a buddy of mine got a free turkey from his job. He doesn't cook. So he asked me to do something with it. And I said, okay, aesthetically, I'm going to make this thing spatchcock. But what I did was I cooked it on the bottom of my smoker. And I basically cooked it with the skin side down first. So I got the crisscross grill mark. So I was actually going for a look um, along with, you know, the process. Um, But, you know, I had a buddy of mine who, always spatchcock his turkey and he's a great cook um he, he you know he makes great barbecue and uh but i give him a hard time about it because he you know he does his thanksgiving turkey like that and i'm like this just looks like trash <laughs> to be honest i was like you know I, i'm more traditional i want to see the entire turkey whether it be smoked fried whatever i want to see the whole thing and uh to me when you do a spatchcock uh turkey or chicken you greater you you enhance the risk of drying it out, and that's why I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, okay, so it's not because it makes it easier. Because when you said that earlier, I'm like, so says the guy who has a flame boss to regulate heat and temperature. Well, yeah, smoker. but but that's you know to me that's just one aspect, right? It's like yeah, you know you you set the temperature. Can I achieve the same thing without a flame boss? Yes, but you can't always say can I achieve a great tasting chicken or turkey whether I spatchcock it or not. You know what I mean? That's not always a yes, right? Yeah, so to me, it's just like it. There's no cop out in using a temperature regulator. It's just one thing you don't yeah. want to manage. But to That's me, fair. you you know, you're kind of you're kind of t- taking a easier route instead of just saying I'm going to practice smoking a whole chicken. Now, if you're doing it, like I said, because you want to achieve that aesthetic, knock yourself out. I, I got no beef with you. You know, when I play video games, you know, inevitably, um, there's always a weapon in the game that literally requires no skill. And it's the one that annoys other players the most because you're like, I know this guy is not better than me at this game, but he's killing me like every time he sees me because the weapon he's using requires no skill. You just pull the trigger and you're dead. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. Just, you know, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, So I have my rules of engagement when it comes to spatchcocking okay, uh, a chicken. Fair. So that that's all that, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. So when you're, l- let's, Typically, I think, well, some people may do the whole chicken they or they may spatchcock or they may do beer can. Let's get into the where you barbecue it and you're likely going to go into pieces. So you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, for me, uh, if you're starting out in, in barbecue in general and you're just like, OK, I want to smoke something. What do I smoke first? By all means, grab a chicken and, you know, grab a pork shoulder. Those are the two most forgiving because, you know, and the thing about chicken that makes it so interesting as a as an item to put on your smoker is there's a wide range of things you can do and levels to the chicken where no matter what, it's probably you're probably going to enjoy whatever you come out with. Right. But 
you know, because I've I've had done plenty of chickens where I don't get the skin perfect, but man, the flavor is there, the smoke, the smoke taste, the barbecue sauce is setting it off right, and I still enjoy it even though I didn't get the skin perfect, right? Because the skin, you know, most of the time you're just gonna rip it off and eat the whole thing anyway, and you're just like, all right, now it's on to the to the meat. But uh, you know, so it, it's a great piece. Now I, I tend to the uh, depending on what I'm doing, uh, I I generally like quarters doing my chickens in quarters. But halves I've done and, you know, for barbecue purposes, it doesn't necessarily make sense to do a whole chicken for barbecue. You know, you want to sauce it and you, you want to make it look really good. So either quarters, ace or uh, halves is is the starting point. OK, so we've teased the concept before. And I know if you ever smoked a turkey for like Thanksgiving, which I know we're going to have an episode on that relatively soon. Mm-hmm. You know that this usually if you're smoking it, the skin comes out perfect. And I'm assuming that you're going to say, well, that's just due to cook time because it has the same, if you will, general layer of fat that lives right below that skin as chicken does. But yeah. with chicken, you still can deal with that rubbery skin. So I know you have a technique for dealing with that. And I, I imagine it's mainly isolated to the breast and to the thighs. But tell me a little bit about like how like what's your what's your process so that you get that nice snap bite through uh skin on your yeah, chicken. So there's a couple of things you can do to try to get the bite through skin on the chicken that would that would that is like the upper level of doing chicken, right? Like you you really want to do chicken and you want people to enjoy it. Honestly, if you want the easiest route, only do thighs. Cuz thighs are probably the easiest to achieve. Um, and that's why a lot of barbecue competitions, like when they set their boxes, they'll just do thighs. You know, they're not expensive. You can, and, and what you would essentially do is you would take the thigh and you would just lay it, lay it out upside down with the skin down. Right. And the first thing I do is I kind of square up whatever, you know, I cut off any, any extra fat and any extra pieces that are kind of dangling. Then I'll just r- pretty much remove the skin off the thigh in general. And I'll set that aside. And then I'll make sure now I want to get the thigh into an aesthetic square, right? So first I just kind of remove extras, but now I'm like literally taking my knife and cutting it so it's more squared or rectangular off. Now I'll take the skin and I'll lay it down with the bottom facing up. And I'll just take my knife and I'll lightly scrape underneath the underside of the skin. And what you'll notice is you'll see a lot of the fat that's in the skin just peel right off. And I just keep scraping it lightly. You want want to do it gently and then at a slight angle so that you don't cut it, right? You just want to scrape it. And what that does is it basically thins out the skin so that when it cooks, it cooks at the same time as the rest of the meat and you'll be able to bite right through it when it's done. So what happens is, once that skin is done, I will then take it and put it back onto the thigh. And then, you know, you kind of fold it on underneath. So it kind of tucks really well. And uh, it looks, it actually, aesthetically, it looks fantastic. It looks like a little, you know, like a true little rolled up thigh. And I'll cook it like that, season it and cook it like that. And nine times out of 10, it's, that's all you really need to do if you're trying to do the thigh. I haven't really done it with the breast part of it, but the, the thighs will definitely come out pretty well. So do you ever inject, because I know like most most guys are doing competition, you know, you're you're getting a single bite. And I know we talk competition just because you're trying to take some of the, steal some of the techniques from the competition guys 
to up your game a little bit more so that when you're having barbecues between your house and your friend's house that everybody always says, let's just do it at your house. <laughs> the food just always turns out better. So do you inject your thighs like with butter or anything to um, pump the flavor up a little bit, like a little bit of chicken broth? It, it depends. And it's that it's what the what is the event, right? It, am I having people over or taking this? Like, for example, um, I had a buddy of mine had a graduation party for his uh, daughter and and son. They were both graduating uh, college. And, you know, he on his smoker could only hold so much. So he was doing the ribs and he asked if I would do the chickens for him. He dropped off like, man, probably about six whole chickens. And I was like, that's no problem. I can smoke them all. Cut them into quarters and, you know, season them up. And I ended up not injecting them, but marinating them, right? Because I wanted to get some deeper flavor into them. But then there have been times where we would have a larger cookout and I'll go ahead and inject them with like a chicken broth um, just to kind of get that, you know, deeper season. But if it's for the house and I'm just trying to do something for dinner for the next couple of days, I won't inject them. I don't, I don't, I don't waste the time. Um, so that's kind of my rule of thought is like, you know, either inject or marinate, depending on how much time you have. And then, you know, depending on the event, like if you're really trying to go all out, by all means, go ahead and inject it. Now, are you barbecuing like as in barbecue sauce? Like, do you, are you going in and mopping the chicken as you're getting closer to the finish point to get that's a the- no. That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop you right there. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I think a, a big mistake a lot of people make with their barbecue chicken and barbecue in general is they put the sauce on too soon. And what ends up happening is that sugar can potentially burn up, especially when you're doing chickens, because um, you definitely want to do your chickens at a higher heat, like a 275, 300 is what I'm smoking at. I was going to ask you that next. Yeah, yeah. I do it at a higher heat. And because why? Because I want that skin to cook. Uh, so because of that, you put the sauce on and you run the, the chance of, um, you know, making the, the sugar and the sauce kind of burn out and taste not, not taste as good. So what I like to do is like to season my, you know, my chickens very well, inject if I'm going to inject and then I'm going to smoke them on their own. And then if I'm doing like a all out, I actually like to take a pan of barbecue sauce, put it in the smoker. Uh, put it in the smoker, let it heat up or, you know, just heat it up on the stove ahead of time. Yep. And then what I like to do is get a rack and a tray. Okay. And this, this is the second low tech piece that you can use, um, to really make the aesthetics of your barbecue chicken look good. So let's say your chicken is pretty much done. It's sitting around around 165 and it's time to put the sauce on it. So you can get that sauce to set for about 10 minutes. And then what I like to do is I'll take the chickens, I'll dip it in the sauce, and then I'll place it on the rack that's on top of the tray, right? So like a nice little cookie sheet or whatever, the rack inside of it. And what that allows it to do is for that sauce to set all the way around the chicken as opposed to, you know, kind of getting only on the top and then getting hard on the bottom because the the bottom's against the grate. And so I just put those pieces on there, put it back in, let it it set. And when I say set, basically it kind of gets tacky instead of just kind of more runny when you first put it on there. And that to me is probably my favorite way to do it. Of course, but you know, if you're just in a rush or you're just doing something for the fam real quick, yeah, just get you a brush and go ahead and brush, brush the bottom on brush the top, you know, maybe a couple of times, let it, you know, cook in and do your thing. Um, But I don't put it on too early. I don't put it on till the end. So 
I know you th- said thighs, you'll pull the skin off, um, scrape the fat out. Will you do the same thing on the breasts? The breast, uh, I'll just kind of cook it as is, is, or I, I kind of just more accept it. But the, a new technique that I've been experimenting with, and I think I mentioned this on a previous episode, is I've been taking like a tenderizer and tenderizing the skin right on the breast. And so far, I've had mixed results. I've had a couple pieces that came out perfect, and then I had a couple pieces that were still not quite where I want it to be. So the two, the two, so that's one technique that I'll do. And the other technique that I'll do, and, and I'll do them in conjunction, is not only will I use it. And when I'm talking about the tenderizer, it's like that little handheld device that has like maybe like 50 different little tiny blades in it. And when you push down on it, the blades pop through and kind of cuts the skin and then pops Ooh. back out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that's that's what I use, and so what that does is it perforates the skin, and then that allow—I mean, yeah—and that allows more of the fat to kind of cook out of it. Um, the second thing is to put the skin side down, so because the grate is obviously going to get hotter, and that helps to kind of cook it out too. So between those two, I'm finding better results in getting the, the skin on the breast to cook through, and that's something you can do on the thighs too if you want. If you don't want to just remove it and go all out, you can just. You know, just take it and uh, tenderize it with the tenderizer, you know. So the first thing I would do with chicken, cut off any excess fat and meat that just doesn't look good. Right. Whether it be the breast, the the thighs, whatever. Cut it off. That way you get it more aesthetic looking, aesthetically pleasing looking. It's just not good. Like if it doesn't render right anyway. And if it doesn't cook right, why do you want to put that in your mouth? Second thing is. You know, if you're going all out on the thighs, go ahead and do them individually. And we'll, we'll put off a video on our YouTube page, just kind of show you how that how that looks. But if you're not, just take the tenderizer and just hit the breast you know, all the way around it. Really good. And uh, yeah, and put cook it with the skin side down and you should get a better result on that skin. And I don't cook it all the way through. I just cook it for like maybe like the first hour or so. Then I'll go ahead and flip it over so the skin sits up. And then let the bottom cook on the grate as well. Okay, cool. That sounds pretty easy enough to go about there. Do you, um, I know you, you love your boning knife and stuff like that, but I'm assuming you're probably, are you using that or shears or what are you using to help break down the chicken? Yeah. So some of my favorite tools when it comes to doing chicken, definitely I prefer of shears and I use the uh, Vitrionics meat shears. Um, You can find them on Amazon. Um, I think they're like 20 bucks. I use those because with the scissors, I, I just find greater control and I find it to be faster, especially like you have the option to always go to the store, buy your chickens and pieces, but you end up paying a little bit more as it rather than just buying a whole chicken and cutting it yourself. I mean, it just takes a few minutes to do. I even do that with wings, right? I'll buy like whole wings, a package of family wings, and I'll cut them myself and, and into the pieces that I want. So um, I just have a nice pair of shears that I use to do that and, and knock it out. So that was, that's my probably my number one tool when it comes to cooking chicken. What's your number one seasoning? I know I've been trying to play around with the, some recently. Um, there's uh, this one called, um, uh, I think it's called Fire Dancer Barbecue uh, mm-hmm. Chicken Rub. Which uh, has a good, good, a little bit of taste to it. I know you have, uh, you you have like a, a whole seasoning shop at your house. But what, what's your, what are you going to right now for seasoning your chicken? Lately, I've been doing a combination. I like to do a light, 
lemon pepper on the chicken because that that lemon kind of sets up your taste buds for the rest. So, you know, I'll go with uh, an AP, a little bit of lemon pepper behind it. And then um, I really enjoy John Henry's pecan rub. Oh, that's good stuff right there. Yeah, it has like a nice sweet to it, a nice little flavor. And uh, that's one of my favorites. So I I tend to do kind of three layers on, on my chicken. Yeah, the pecan, their sugar maple is another, oh, good gracious, it's a good seasoning. Yeah, I'm a, you got to be a careful, fan. though, because if it gets too hot, th- that, that sugar in it, it well, uh, definitely, it can burn. yeah, yeah, so, you, so yeah, yeah, definitely be careful with it. But, um, yeah, I think the other tool that's invaluable when doing chicken is you got to, and this is really for all, all your barbecue, but definitely for chicken, um, is you have to have a good meat thermometer. Um, the reality is, you know, if you go to somebody's house and you eat their chicken and it's dry, they overcooked it, period. You know what I mean? I, I, you just, you know, the record. 160, 165. 165 is the recommendation from the food and drug. It used to be 180. Yeah, but Um, at 160, you can pull because you're still probably going to get, maybe even 162, you can pull because you're going to get that cookover. Yeah, but I, yeah, I've never found the need to undershoot it. I'll just, as soon as it hits 165, I'll pull it then. And uh, and let it uh, rest for a minute or two. The the reality is, do you want something that's going to get the temperature quick? Um, I like, even though I have thermometers that work with my uh, flame boss, my um, temperature regulator. Uh, I actually ordered the meter, so I know a lot of people have been asking me about you know meter. Do I like it? Do I? And I the truth is, I've never used it. I never really had a need for it, but I've recently kind of thought of a different use case that interests me. And so I ordered the uh, the four probe set. Did it finally come it, in? No, it was supposed to come in yesterday, and I finally got an update from Amazon. It's not coming in until Thursday. Um, so, and I'm actually going to be smoking some chickens, <laughs> and so I kind of held off on smoking these chickens until the thermometers come in. So on a on a later episode, uh, we'll definitely talk about those meters. And if anybody doesn't know, um, meter is a meat thermometer that are just individual. They're kind of self contained. Um, as opposed to having a wire that runs through and sticks out, um, uh, out of your smoker. Um, and they use, uh, Bluetooth. And then this one uses blue, the, the more expensive ones use Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. They basically have a base station where the probes Bluetooth to the base station and then base station, then Wi-Fi to the house. Um, and that way you can manage them remotely if you need to. So I'm, I'm going to test it out and we'll see how we, how we like them. My biggest concern is that the thickness of my smoker will prevent communication to the probe. So we'll find, so I'll either rod will either end up with some awesome <laughs> meat thermometers or, uh, or, uh, or always add into my repertoire <laughs> or they'll, you know, they'll get lucky. But, um, so, but I recommend even if I had, even if those work for me and they work perfectly, I always maintain a separate uh, meat thermometer. And I stopped, you know, with the analog ones and pretty much just go all digital now. And right now, the one I've been using for like the last year or so are, is the OXO meat thermometer. And I, it's got a big screen, which I like because, you know, my eyes are getting terrible. You know, it's just got a quick on button right on the top and it reads, pre- it gets the temperature pretty quickly. So I don't have to leave my smoker on uh, for a long time comes with like little carrying case so that you can keep your probe uh nice and protected and it just works great and so even though i'll have probes that are already in the meat 
I will always take a second reading just to make sure that everything is on the up and up because yeah, those wires go bad. Like just because you're opening and closing the doors on the wires constantly, not to mention, yep. you know, if you have one day where, I mean, you've had it where, you know, stuff is falling through the chute or hanging in the chute or you, it just gets too hot because the, the temperature probe falls out. The smoker goes up to 500 degrees and you burn up, you know, your, I'm so sick of those dang on wires. I, yeah, probes, they go bad. Even their probes go bad because I had a probe that went bad and it stopped reading. It was reading under, no over, no under. It was reading under. And so my smoker, so the, the flame boss was like, oh, well, the temperature's not hot enough. And it kept cranking up the temperature on my, and I, when I got out there, it was like 350 degrees. And I was like, wait, I was like, I can, and the only reason I knew that it was something was off was because the, uh, you know, the one that I never used, the analog one on the front of the smoker uh, was reading pretty high, you know, and I never used that one, but I was just like, yeah, it, you know, it's usually within us, you know, maybe 20, 30 degrees of the of the digital ones. So I was like, oh, man, something's not right. Um, and yeah, lo and behold, the probe went bad. So, yeah, don't always overly trust the probes in your meat or the ones that are regulating the temperature. In your, I, so in your I would argue to say, especially when you have a, a probe that is um, sensing the ambient temperature inside your smoker and is going to be controlling something like a flame boss or a GGQ or something like that always have a backup for that probe because if it goes bad in the middle of a smoke it becomes more effort on your part trying to continue to maintain the temperature versus just saying let me go get my backup probe drop it in and it it feels like a wasted purchase when you do it but it always goes bad the moment you need it and you're like you're scrambled like i mean i was doing some woodworking the other day and my the router bit i was using snapped and i was like I don't have a backup. So, and I, I ordered two bits and they're coming in, but I'm down for three days while I wait for those to ship yeah. and get, and get in it. It's like having that backup probe helps out. And also your meat thermometers, you, you can never have too many meat thermometers, um, for constantly, uh, being able to do that checking. 100%. And it also points to the fact that, I, and I've, I'll say this before and I've said it again and I'll say it now is you definitely, before you go and buy a very expensive, uh, device that helps you regulate the temperature on your smoker, you should really know how to use your smoker without it. You should really know what positions to put, put the vents at to kind of get around the temperature that you want. You should just know that st- stuff and you should definitely be able to smoke food without, uh, which I'm sure many of you are. And then once you have that down pat, go ahead and get you a nice little uh, device to regulate the temperature automatically for you. And like yeah. Ryan said, get you a backup probe. And I know we're going to get ready to go to picks here, but um, a couple really quick tips just to keep in mind. Obviously, when you're, you want to pull, if you can get chicken that's not, that hasn't been frozen, always great. But when you're pulling your chicken out, you want to pull your chicken out of the, the, of the refrigerator and then you want to kind of slice it up. The, the colder it is, the better because it, you know, you get better cuts, cleaner cuts through the skin, through the, getting the fat off. And it's not, it doesn't really get that gummy, but um, season it, throw it back in the refrigerator. Um, season the bottom or you know the meat side throw it back in the refrigerator then bring it out season the breast side let it come up to temperature like if i know a lot of people like to go right from the refrigerator right onto the smoker and if you can let it come up to an ambient room temperature right before you go in that last 30 minutes i i, I for me i found that helps me out i don't know how you feel about that uh more beef than with chicken and pork um yep i, I don't Take worry about it with meat. chicken so much yeah but uh uh, with beef, I kind of, I kind of like to let, let it come up a, a little bit. Uh, definitely when you're doing steaks on the grill, you definitely want to do that. Um, because it's cooking at such a higher heat and yeah. such a quicker time. Um, but I don't, I don't worry about it with chicken too much. I just, you know, chicken come out, 
season on the smoker. Right, if it's got, not already smoking. You got a pick for us this week? Yeah. So my my um my pick for this week is definitely gonna be the two things that I mentioned. Uh the OXO good grips uh thermometer. This thing is awesome. It's twenty two dollars, super cheap. Um and I've spent a hundred and some dollars on like the fold out insta read thermometers and that thing went bad so quickly. Uh it worked great, but it just went bad and it became useless to me. So what's the point? of spending all that money and if it's going to go bad. This thing has been rocking with me for two years now. Uh, so yeah, the Oxo Good Grip Digital Thermometer, you can find that on Amazon. Amazon, And then um, yeah, get you the Vitrionics kitchen shears. They're simple, 18 bucks on Amazon. And man, you you just cut right through chickens and, and you know the breastbone and all this stuff like it's nothing. Um, and it makes your prep work super easy and super simple. So those are my two picks. So I, I won't do a pick, but I'll do a tip. And I think everybody can always take advantage of this. Go sharpen your knives. Uh, go yes. sharpen your, your shears. It's, um, it, it's, it almost shocks you. Like when you go sharpen them, you're like, man, I didn't realize how dull these things were. And even if you're, you're sharpening them at home, if you take them into a, a good proper shop that, you know, you just drop all your knives off and get them sharp. When they come back, you're like, man, I need to do this every six months. Cause it is, it is absolutely worth it. So if you're not sharpening them on your own at home, Take them into a good shop. Pay the couple. Even bucks if you are behind. sharpening at home, yeah, because I used to, I use a steel and I sharpen my knives all the time, and it doesn't even come close to what these professionals do with your knives. And man, when you when you're prepping and and you just realize that you've been suffering <laughs> for so long with dull knives, it makes a huge difference. So yeah, um, yeah. So go out, folks. Go out and smoke some chicken, man. Definitely uh, hit us up with your questions. Uh, your, your comments. Keep sending those pictures of your smokes and your barbecue. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about and a lot of tips to share. So we're we're just going to keep plowing through and um, banging out episodes for you guys. And I definitely want to hear your feedback. And I, um, we definitely want to see what you guys are smoking, what's on your grill. So until the next episode, we'll catch up with you guys later. We out. Peace. Peace. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 